Well, as you can see, we're um, doing something a little bit different as we come around. Um, ultimately, we're going to come to the communion, but it's more than that. It's about sharing about the whole concept of being family and connecting together. Um, in the book of John, I just want to start with a scripture. Jesus gave a, a mission, a, a, an instruction that was a life instruction to Peter. Because um, Peter had gone through the whole situation where he denied Jesus, he's now being forgiven, he's being restored to ministry, and um, Jesus gave him three instructions. The, the middle one was, he said, Simon, shepherd my sheep. In other words, now, obviously not talking about literal sheep. Jesus wasn't saying, oh, I've got a little group of sheep out the, the wilderness and uh, I need you to go careful. No, sheep here is the people of God, his sons, the family of God, the children of God. And shepherd means take care of them and look after them. But the other two instructions was feed my lambs and feed my sheep. Part of shepherding and caring for people is to feed them. And we feed them with the word of God. We nourish people with the word of God. Um, this, is, this is biblical. It's how we grow. It's how we develop. But there's multiple ways you can feed sheep and multiple ways you can feed people. Uh, you can... Obviously, we're looking at this beautiful table, but you do have the other method, and we have used this as a family at times, and it's the old trusty microwave over here with the pre-prepared meals and the little note on the fridge that says, well, I'm out tonight, um, but inside you'll find a little note. So where, where's Jay? Jay, you can... Jay has... We've done this at times, and you know, people are eating at different times. We've got a pot of... Sometimes it's a... It's a pot of casserole on the, the stove or something like this. Jay, it's like, hey, you've done this before. I can feed you simply by leaving some food for you. Go and... <laughs> and there's instructions on the microwave, so pop it in. Yeah, that sh don't look too closely. He acts like I never talked to him about this, but when we, when we were discussing this, he actually said, can I actually put popcorn in? I said, no, this is not meant to be the good example. This is the bad example. I don't want you sitting there eating popcorn and everyone think, oh, that's a great idea. We'll just do that. So you've got the quickly heated food. I don't know how fast your microwave is, but ours always works like that. No, 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 not here. You just go and sit somewhere. Thank you. And um, I, I don't know whether you've seen people who do this sort of thing. You normally TV goes on. Phone comes out. Many people, TV goes on and phone comes out. <laughs> how, many, how many know that? People that you know, have two things going at once. And um, you know, if our family's watching sport. We'll have the TV on there. And then we'll have a laptop there with another game sort of going. <laughs> so you can keep track of the cricket while you're watching the, the basketball sort of thing. That's, that's all right. Um, who else would like to come and do this example? Chris, can you come and just be another example? Pretty straightforward instructions. Um, choose the chicken or the beef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you can imagine it, it can happen, all right? So. All right. So this is a, I am feeding the sheep. That is a, it's a way of feeding people, is it not? He's getting sustenance. He's um Now you're following the instructions, Chris. Chris I won't say what... Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, so I am feeding. They are being fed. They are getting nourishment, hopefully, eventually. Imagine if we put real food in there, what would have happened? Um, that could be the instruction, being fulfilled. And, you know, let's face it, not everyone... Jesus fed the multitude. You know, just had food distributed. But he, I, I, I was just looking for the scriptures I walked up with. I have in the back of my mind at one point he said he had, he had them sit down in groups. Yeah. I think groups of 50 or something like that. Or, I can't remember. There was, a, there was something where that, one of the scriptures said had them sit down and actually divide them into groups. So it was interesting. He just didn't even, even in that, just say, okay, everybody for, for yourself. Let's group together. But he didn't get them to come around a table. So I'm not saying that 
unless you do it this way, you're doing it wrong. But there is a concept of not just being fed, but it's how you're fed. And it's, you can be fed just by getting microwave, getting food, getting substance. But there's also where Jesus said he prepares a table for us, Psalm 23, in the presence of our enemies. And in fact, Jesus in Revelation chapter 3, he said, I've come to you know, Laodicea and you know, he said, repent. And I'm standing here knocking. But if you repent and open the door, I'll come in and we'll sit and we'll sup together. We'll have a meal together. We'll fellowship together over food. Um, and that's how Jesus sees himself. It's interesting that that picture is really talking about a local church coming in and saying, let's sit together and have a meal together. It's more than just the actual food, which is important, but it's how you take that food, the, 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 the context of it, the, 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 um, the place of it. So we thought we would talk about what it means to come to a family table and some of the, the biblical principles and concepts and things that will work for us as a church but will also carry over to our home. We have done that, but we've also discovered there are some benefits of doing this. Same amount of substance, though sometimes in the feast there's more, but the concept is you can both give yourself food, but one is ministering to the whole body in a different way. So hand over to the chief table maker. <laughs> okay. It's an honor to share this morning and particularly to be able to share on something which is very close to my heart and that's family and the family table. And anybody who has known me for any length of time will know that I have a phrase I use a lot. I use it a lot on social media. I use it a lot in person that it's not what's on the table that matters, it's who is around it. And that is something which yeah. is not just a cute phrase, it's something which is um, from my heart and it's, that's exactly how I think. It doesn't matter whether it's baked beans or whether it's a roast lamb, doesn't matter whether it's takeaway pizza or leftover Chinese um, from the night before. It's who is around the table that yeah. is what's the most important to me. And if you know me well, you know that, I, that aside from God, family is number one priority. Well, God is number one, but family is the next greatest priority. And that extends not just to the natural family, but it also extends to our church family, um, to extended family that God's given us. And that family table is something which is really, really important and that... As I said, it's not what we're eating. It's the fact that we're all gathering together. It's where we gather not to eat but to connect and that to be family together. We've always tried as much as we can um, ever since Peter and I were married right through that we gather together for a meal every night. Now, we do our very best, obviously, as the kids have got older. Sometimes if there's part-time jobs, they may be working at night or something like that. Um, you know, shift work, we understand that. But basically, it's like when I say it's, it's not a rule, but it's how we live, we always gather together at night and have a family meal. We stop and we intentionally connect. We're not stopping because we can't eat at different times. Where you know Jay eats all the time, uh, you know <laughs> that's just one of his his evening meals, and that. But you know we're not stopping for the sake of the food. We're using the food as a reason to stop and to connect together as a family, and that. And so we will sit and we'll talk and and uh, and we purposely set aside time for dinner. Now I'm not talking like hours. You know we don't dress up like the royal family or something or come down in our finery or anything like that but we'll set a time each night that generally um you know works in with everybody um obviously our house has gone from having 10 people living in it um, or nine people during covid um now it's down to like four and two extras you know a lot of nights or you know the, the, the numbers change but most days i'll send out a text to say who if you're eating Tonight we're eating at such and such a time. And I do that on purpose because I try, I'll look at people's work schedules, work out what time is best, and then we will eat accordingly. 
and that and then if it's too late Jay will come and he will eat at four o'clock and then he'll come back at six o'clock for dinner as well so sorry Jay I think you're going to get picked on a little bit today um and that I don't just cook and leave it on the bench for people to heat up so that's and I said I'm not saying this is not I said it's not a rule but for me intentional family is what makes us close the thing I get asked more than anything wherever we are in in Melbourne in Australia in the world is how how did you manage to raise a family that even as your kids are all adults they're you know married there's grandchildren but you're still so incredibly close and they're still walking with God and the reason is the fact that we parented intentionally and even when it was just Peter and I we we intentionally sat and had dinner together that we you know closed out all the outside kind of influences to say this is our time to come together now I want to say from the very get-go please if you're living on your own and we'll be covering all these things don't tune out and think well I don't have a family of six seven eight nine to have dinner with so this doesn't actually affect me yes it does because we're mainly talking about coming to God's table but I'm using our table as an example and we will explain you know how how we have adjusted and how people can adjust um your family table doesn't have to be as big as ours at the moment we have a table that seats 10 I think 12 12 there we go we've added two and that and so but we've but, you know, when we were first married, we only had a table that seated two. Yeah, like it, it's growing with us. And whatever season you are in, <clears throat> I encourage you to listen to the message because the family table is more than a place to eat. It's a place to connect. Now, I'm not used to preaching without a pulpit, so this is going to be challenging, but bear with me. It's a place to share. It's a place to encourage. It's a place to celebrate victories and it's also a place to share disappointments and stand in faith together it's a place to learn about each other I learn more about my family at the dinner table I think more than anywhere else it's a place to grow as a family and this will sound funny but it's a place to fight together I don't mean to fight each other <laughs> to fight together because often that's the place where we'll hear and realise that one of the kids or Peter or myself or the church are going through battles and we will fight together. Okay, so please don't go home and say, Pastor Christine said that you need to fight at the dinner table <laughs> and that fighting together. We don't, we don't just come to the dinner table either. We bring who we are to the dinner table. Mm. I'll use my family as an example. Jay. Jay is my almost 21-year-old son and he will always bring humour and that and joy. He has a way of being saying things that may seem like it's the most inappropriate time but it's actually not and it can break the atmosphere in a good way. And I'm saying that honestly. I remember in May when John, you know, went to be with the Lord and we were really, all of us were really struggling. And then we all made the trek as a family together down to Bendigo a couple of hours after he passed to stay with Mary Ann. And it, I, think, I think I cried the whole way to Bendigo. I think the girls cried the whole way to Bendigo. I actually even think Jay cried. But then we got there and Mary Ann is obviously heartbroken. She's crying. We talked for a little while and then suddenly John, Jay said something that seemed so almost inappropriate but totally broke the atmosphere because those of you who know John, John was, um, I better say what it is so you don't think, you know, Jay wasn't being rude, but John was covered in tats. He was covered in tats. And then we're sitting there talking and it was obviously such a sombre, hard time. And I remember Jay turned around and he goes, I wonder whether he's still got his tats. He goes, he could be clean now. <laughs> well, everybody, including Marianne, just burst into laughter. And that joy broke something that was, a, that was a tragedy, that was something that was not God's will for John to go. The enemy had got in. But instead of... We, 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 we'd, we'd mourned, we were struggling, but suddenly Jay's comment just broke the atmosphere. And for the rest of that day when we were there... 
there was like a freedom to had actually moved in. Is that right? You remember that? I would never turn around to a grieving widow and say, you know, a few hours after her husband has passed, I wonder whether he's still got his tats. But that's, that's Jay. It was spontaneous, but it wasn't. It, it may have seemed inappropriate, but it wasn't. It was, so that's what I'm saying. He will use his humour to bring something that can break an atmosphere. Caitlin will always make our family table a memory, and for good reasons, not because she spills <laughs> things. It's because she has a gifting to turn the mundane into a moment. She will decorate. She will I, – I set a table. She styles a table. You know, I, I, I put down plates and knives and forks. She comes in and styles them. But she makes it a memory – and number one, she's incredibly good at decluttering straight away, which brings peace. But even more than that, when we look back on family dinners, I always look back and think of, I see them because I'm a very visual person and how they looked. And that's one of her giftings. She makes it look good so it stays in your memory. Okay, Cam. <laughs> Cam brings insight and perspective. Cam may be quiet, but he's always listening. And when he says something, it's really weighty. And I really appreciate that he doesn't just rattle the first thought that comes into his mind, which I sometimes do, <laughs> and Jay sometimes does. You know, it's like, but he, he, he thinks. So when he shares something, there's a weight and an insight. Then Brooke, who brings encouragement, who brings her love for movies to our table every night, but uses those movies... I think, to, to talk about vision and about future. And one of the things I love is Brooke does not live for her own vision. She lives for everybody's vision. And she has so many vision boards in her room and yet only one small one is hers. The rest, she's got vision boards for Peter and I. She's got vision boards for every member of our family. She's got vision boards for our church. She's got vision boards for people specifically who are sitting here and I'm not going to name you because you may not know but she's heard you say things you believe in God for and she's always pressing in. So she brings a vision and a conversation that is surrounded by vision. Then we have Caleb and Kyra who come with their own giftings. Caleb has a similar sense of joy and, and the sarcastic humour that, that suits our family so well. They bring their faith, but they also bring something else. They bring their kids and... That's, they, that's bringing a new generation. It also brings mess. And our little dog, Mickey, loves it when Levi and Zari are there for family dinner because I think Livy, Livy, I think Mickey lives by Matthew 15 that even the dogs eat the crumbs from under the table. <laughs> and he has got a special connection with both Levi and Zari and, you know, if we're having family dinner and they're not there, he'll often just go and sit anywhere in the house. But if they're there, he is right beside them. And he is down there and he's looking up and he's making eye contact with Zari, who will see him and will throw something down from her high chair continually. <laughs> and he gets the lamb and the corned beef and the... I was going to say he gets the broccoli, but he doesn't. He won't eat it. He spits it out. So um, he's not real good on vegetables, our dog. But, you know, and, that, and they bring a new a new sense of life, okay? Um, a new sense of life which means that, you know, we clean up a lot more after family dinner. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you know, I don't generally have to, to wash the floors after normal family dinner, but when the whole family's there, yeah, we do. And that. And, you know, it, it brings something else. So each of them bring something to the table. Um, but please know my grandchildren don't just bring mess. They bring incredible life. Lots of fun stories. And so, but... My point is that a strong family doesn't just happen. You need to be intentional about it. So we have family dinner together every night, but we have, because of people's work schedules, we have a set once a fortnight on a Monday night where we have family dinner and everybody comes to that and we make sure everybody's work schedules is clear for that Jay will roster himself unavailable, put himself unavailable on the roster. He knows, we all know ahead of time when it is. And that is an intentional time. And then we will not just have a normal dinner. The food may be the same, but we'll play a game or we'll do something. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll have, um, 
and that everybody who knows my incredible art ability, you know, we, of, we often play, yeah, we'll often have a game which will be like some kind of a drawing game. If you don't know my art ability, it's because I don't have any. And so they always pick drawing games because they make fun of me. But that's okay. I, don't, I can take it. I still cook for them. <laughs> okay? So we know we provide a place where we can stop and connect. And that's what the family table should be. And I was talking to Brooke. In fact, could you come up and just really briefly share what you shared with me this morning? Um, just... Um, this morning, Mum was talking to me about the family table and she said, you know, what are some things you remember specifically about our family table? And I was thinking about it and I was actually taken back to a time in my life a few years ago when it was a really, uh, a really hard season in my life and probably the hardest sort of trial and season I've ever gone through. And um, I remember, you know, I am someone who I love family. I love our family coming together. I love the life. I love the vision. But this particular um, situation had so just taken me off guard and it so knocked me that I, I was struggling like I'd never struggled before. And I remember it was, we were having dinner and I was in, you know, I was just in shock and I was in my room and I was sobbing and mum said, hey, come on time to come down for dinner. And I remember I sat down for dinner and suddenly it was as though my heart was so overwhelmed with what I was facing and I was so hurt and I was so sad and so fearful that I was like, I can't be with people right now. And I said to my mum, I'm like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, and I just went upstairs and I put on a sermon of Brother Jerry's. And I was like, I just need to sit here and just have the words spoken to me. I can't do this. And so mum came, mum left the table and came up and sat with me and was holding me and praying for me. And then the next time it's like, hey, time to come down for dinner. And I was like, I, I, I'm still not ready to be around people, mum. And I remember mum, she was so loving, was like, you know, we're here, we're, we're journeying with you. But she said, you need to be with your family right now. And she said, I know, she said, we're not expecting you to talk, but she said, you need to be here. And so I remember it was bit by bit, I'd be at the table longer and longer. And even sometimes I couldn't talk, but we would just be sitting here and, and it was mum's encouragement. She said, right now more than ever, she said, you actually need to be at the table so that she said, we can strengthen you. And she said that, and you can see life is going on and things are still moving forward. And I remember at the time I was like, I don't want to do this right now. But coming down, it was the best healing for my heart because it was suddenly everyone else's giftings could be helping me and I could see life was going on, joy was going on, and they were strengthening. It's like with Moses, when say when his arms were tired, they came and lifted his arms. I think that was the equivalent of coming to the table every night. It was a, my hands would be so weary by the end of the day that I'd come to the table and it was though everyone else came and helped me get my hands back up for another day of fighting and another day of prayer. Um, so I said to me, that's, that's a situation which has forever stayed with me. It's a, the table wasn't just a joyful, it was in that time that was actually, it was as though that was my battery charger. And I'd go there and they would help strengthen my faith and my joy level would rise so that I could go and fight another day. Yeah. That's so good. I, I, think, I'm, I think it was Brother Jerry who said, you know, he said he finds out people are going through some problems so they stay away from church because they're going through a problem. And he's like... That's the time you should be. You know, it's all right. You don't just come when everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. Come when you're going through the problem because that is where you... Yeah. you and one of the things is life is happening and people are getting, you know, you might be struggling, but then you hear of someone else's breakthrough. Yeah. You say, well, I, some people, well, I don't want to hear of their breakthrough. Well, you actually need to. Yeah, yeah. You need to realise, hey, God, it's not just you. God is working. Yeah. You know, and God is... And, and you need sometimes to be able to be rejoicing and, and standing with them, uh, you know. It's all things in balance, but I'm saying it's a principle. Get amongst things at times, sometimes when you don't feel like, because it's actually your healing is amongst that. Amen. So, and and just as a disclaimer, I'm not going to hear here just to tell you about a book I'm writing on the family table. That the, I want every, everything I'm sharing. I want you to begin to think of from a church perspective. Yeah. So, that's what I said exactly what Brooke said. When when you're feeling low, you should get here faster. Because there is there is such a strength that comes from being with other people. Yeah, when you don't feel like coming, come ten minutes earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poke the devil in the eye and say, "I'm going to do the opposite." One of the things that we've all that all my kids hopefully will know is the fact that they can never do anything that's too bad to let them come to the family table. Yeah. 
So there they is... They come close. <laughs> there's forg there is forgiveness, there's restoration. Yeah. Our family table is not just for the well-behaved. It's for the whole family. Yeah, it's for whatever state you happen to be in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just for everybody. I've never said, I'm sorry you did something so horrible, You're not, you can have dinner in your room tonight. I would never, ever do that. I may talk to you about what you did and there may be, you know, discipline or whatever, depending, you know, who, what, what age, etc. But I'm saying, but it would never, ever be you're being locked out because the family is where you come yeah. together. Yeah. And the other thing is our family table often includes others. From the very early in our marriage, we decided we would never have a mentality, us four and no more, you know, at, and that in anything that we did... It always included others. So that doesn't mean every night we have, fam we have extra people, but we often do. Um, I'm always trying to look out for the people who are on their own, the people who don't have families. And, that, and particularly at times like Christmas or birthdays or, you know, um, you know we, we already have two, two birthdays within three days in our family this week. We've got Brooks and then we've got Jay Jay's in two day three days. And so that's always also pretty big for a family to have, you know, two birthdays and that. And then when my mum was alive, it would have been her birthday tomorrow. And she lived with us, so we had three birthdays in four days. But then there was also two people in the church who didn't have family that celebrated with them and their birthdays were at the same time. So I went through a long season where I had five birthdays in five days. And so we would have... You know, we, we would we'd go through Sandy's birthday and then Dylan's birthday and then Brooke's birthday and then my mum's birthday and then Jordan's birthday and then, well, then I crashed at the end of it. But, but because I looked out for, I look out for people like that. And it doesn't matter whether you come from a family of six or whether you're living on your own, you can still look out for other people and you can stop and think. Now, you know, that's decreased now just to three. My mum's with the Lord, Dylan is in the army. And so, you know, so it's just... Jay and Brooke and, and Sandy. But, you know, it didn't matter even at the, at the, the, the most full <laughs> the week was, I would still do it because I said, Lord, you've blessed us with family and I want to bless others who may not have family who necessarily walk with them or celebrate with them. And one of the things um, that I've always said, our family table is never full. It's often packed, but it is never full. Mm. Because if something is full, there's not room for anything else. Yeah, yeah, so but it can be packed. Yeah. It's like our rubbish bins. <laughs> our, rubbish, <laughs> our rubbish bins are more than full. So as neighbours on each side of us, you know, they're very, we're very blessed with wonderful neighbours who live on their own and they, uh, they can use their bins as well. But that's nothing to do with the message. But I'm just saying that it's that's the concept. <laughs> totally irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that I have half of Jay's anointing and the talking. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just saying that our table is never full, but it's always, it, it can be packed. So there's always room for one more. We can throw another, not shrimp on the barbie, but we can throw another sausage on the grill and we'll grab a, t a chair from somewhere else. Or we've had people sit on all sorts of things in the house because we've run out of chairs. But I'll never, ever say my table is, is full. My table's packed, but there's always room. And I believe God wants us to live with that concept in our lives. As I said, said our family has never just been... It's never just been us. Graham and Judith are family to us. They have a different surname and that, but we can call them Lewis for the moment. And that, but, you know, they've, they've journeyed with us since before. I actually knew them longer than I've known Peter. So, you know, there's... And there's so many different people in the church who call me mum, you know, single students and people who, you know, like Nadia, who's living in Australia without family. And we've adopted them into our family because we've always said, doesn't matter how many people we have, there is always room for somebody else. And I believe that is the heart of the father. Our family is also, our family table is also where generational faith occurs. You know, Early years of our marriage and when we only had Caleb and Caitlin, often my parents would dine with us. And, you know, the conversation would often be about when my dad worked for Earl Roberts or when, you know, we would talk about ministry, we'd talk about the things of God. 
And now I see my parents have, have been promoted to the Lord, you know, to be with the Lord. But, you know, whether it's Peter and I and our kids now, the next generation, or whether it's other people around, generational faith will be built at a table. We make sure at a table we never, ever have roast preacher. We never, ever have roast church member. We always, we always try, to, try to keep our conversation where we are impacting the people who are around us. And I will just try to find my notes. As I said, I'm used to having it. Um, you know, I love it because Jordan, not Jordan, sorry, Jay, Levi has a saying that he says, Levi, most of you know, is our three-year-old grandson. He says, what are you talking about, Grandma? What are you talking about, Grandma? Anybody who is my generation who ever wants different, different strokes? I don't know if any of you. So what are you talking about, Willis? You know, and that's what it reminds me of. And so we'll be sitting at a ta- family table and we can be discussing things of God or what God did or what God's saying to us or a message we're listening to. And he is sitting there. He's got this way of sitting there and just dreaming. He kind of looks as though he's looking past you. And you think that he's not taking any notes. And suddenly he said, what are you talking about, Grandpa? And then you explain it. Oh, okay. What happened to the lady? She was healed. Oh, okay. And I see it all, all coming in, you know, being taken in. And that's what I mean by a family, a, a table can be an amazing tool for generational faith. And, that, and then lastly, if I can get to, if I can find number five. Sorry, I've... This is so professional. You want me to help? Yeah, if you find number five, this is so professional. <laughs> We've confused you by putting them in order. <laughs> maths isn't my strong point either. Yeah. I do have strong points, but you've, it's not maths. You've just finished four and then we've gone to five, all right? So. <laughs> okay. He's amazing at art and amazing at maths. So there's something yeah. I'm amazing at. I can I'm count sure. to five people. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the family table must be a safe place. But you see, the thing which God has been showing me so much is that a family table is a reflection of God's family table. God wants us to come together as a church and he wants us to join him at his table. And at his table, he wants us to share, to encourage, to celebrate victories, to share disappointments and stand in faith together, to learn about each other, to grow as a family, and he wants us to fight together. Remember what I said, not fight each other, but fight together. Fight each other's battles together. And we shouldn't just come, we should bring who we are to the table. We should bring our giftings to the table. As Brooke said before, when she she was going through this incredibly tough time three years ago and everything was hard... When she would come, we would all bring our giftings to try to help her. We would be there. We didn't have to talk to her about what she was going through, but we could bring our giftings. You come to church on Sunday, bring your gifting. Yeah, you know, bring what God has put in your life and that. And it may be to encourage. It may be to you know, turn a mundane moment into a memory. It may be to be the quite insightful person who listens, but then when they share their words, their words are really weighty. And maybe just to bring that joy, to be the breaker. You know, circuit breaker? That's what Jay is. He's a circuit breaker, you know, with his joy. It may be Peter teaches. Everything is a teaching moment. Everything genuinely is a teaching moment. It may be that. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything is a teaching moment. And, you know, whatever it is, you bring, you bring that gift. You bring it to, the, to God's table. And, you know... We shouldn't just come, but we should bring who we are. And, you know, I love the scripture where it says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you know what? Sometimes we're, we're going to come to the communion table this morning and I don't think any of us have got enemies sitting here. I'm not looking around to see who's behind the curtains. You know, there's not a bad guy lurking somewhere, hopefully, in, in, in the church. I haven't checked every room, but it's, you know. Okay, just come up behind you. <laughs> Circuit breaker right there, okay? There he is. And that, 
So but hopefully there's no other guys lurking. I'm not going to have any other faces come from behind, you know, behind the curtains. And that, but there is enemies, okay? Sickness is an enemy, okay? Kirsty's hurt her knee. We're going to have prayer for that in a minute. And that, you know, the doctors are saying one thing, God's word says something else. But that is an enemy, okay? Debt, poverty, you know, unsaved you know, friends, unsaved loved ones, and that there's so many things around, curses, you know, that can be, they're enemies. But he has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And you know what, if I had more time and and that, I would have loved to have got a whole lot of people with holding a sign of something bad, you know, and coming and standing around to give you that visual. But I want you just to imagine it. And that, in fact, we can get, Chris, can you please stand up? I'm sorry you're bad just for the moment. But this is not because of who you are. Mark and Sam, if you want to stand up, you're bad just for the moment. But you know what? I want you to see. Come and and stand here. Yes, okay. Okay, let's see who. Okay, Debbie, Brooke, and Felicity. Will you just come and just sit here at the table? I just want you to come and sit anywhere at the table. Just take a seat. I'm not going to feed you. Just take a seat. And I want you to realize that he's prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And there may be things you're going through, Debbie, and they're the enemies that Chris and Priya are representing. But he's prepared a table in the presence of your enemies. And that felicity, whatever you're going through in your life, you know what? He's prepared a table for you here in the presence of your enemies. And you're not alone at that table. Brooke's sitting next to you. Brooksy, Judith, can you come and sit here? Harley, Alfia, come. Is there another chair next to Felicity there? Come and sit there. The, you're not alone at this table. God's prepared it. And the enemies are lurking around. Sorry, guys. And that you know, <laughs> the enemies are lurking around. But God said, I've prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And in the midst of that table is provision. Okay, when my family come to the table and that they don't expect empty plates. And as I said, whether it's baked beans or whether it's a a three-course roast dinner, they will have provision. There is provision at the table for everyone here. And And I want you to look to your left, to look to your right, to see there's somebody next to you at the table. You are not on your own at this table. And I want you to get such a visual of this. And, you know, one of the things I really encourage you, as I said, Peter and I made the, made the commitment when we got married that our home would never be in us four and no more. It would always be a home that was open to others. Jasmine, come and sit down. Come and sit with me, for me here. I, it, would, it would be open to others. It would be open to all sorts of people. It would be open to the lovely and the unlovely. None of you are unlovely. It's okay. I don't have anybody who's fitting that bill this morning. But, you know, even if you live on your own and you don't have a family or you have a dysfunctional family or you have a family that's not a safe place, you can still, number one, you have your church family. We're all in this together. We're all here together. But besides that, you you can open your home to other people. You know, you can look and say, hey, maybe there's only me living at home, but I can ring two or three other people in the church who are also living on their own and I can say, come over for coffee. Or if my home's not big enough, I'll meet you somewhere. And that you can make, you can make family wherever you are. We don't just make family because we've got a big family. We do it because we intentionally decided as a couple that family was going to be what we were going to do and we were going to do it well and we were going to be intentional about that. And that, and that's the same exactly with church. It's the same with church. We're in this together. Yeah. You know, I, I just cannot, I can't tell you enough what's in my heart of what, what God's wanting to do. We are in this together we are family together and the same as when we gather around our family dinner table and not on every second Monday when everybody is there we are family together and there may be mess 
There probably will be mess, but there'll be memories. There'll be encouragement. There will be vision. There will be fun. There will be Jordan with his circuit-breaking joy. And I say that genuinely. It is a circuit-breaking joy. There'll be Peter teaching. There'll be Cam sharing insights. We'll talk about faith. We'll talk about movements. We'll talk about fun. But you know what? I just really will come together and there is a strength. There's a strength that comes when you realise it doesn't matter who you are, you're not on your own. And I'm about to hand over to Peter. I did the, the biggest tag and now he's going to take this Bring it home. home. But you know what I want to say when we go out in a minute, where in a few minutes, a little bit, we're going out to a grazing table, morning tea. I did that on purpose because on a grazing table, everything kind of is next to everything else, except for nuts because of allergies. <laughs> all, all food, all food of it overlaps on a proper grazing table. And when the Lord gave me this message, He said, "I want you to be a grazing table." I don't want you to be a table where everything everybody, everything sits in a perfect container. I want you to be a great I want you to be a grazing table where everything overlaps. Because I can't do life without you. I can't do life without you. We can't do kingdom life without each other. And that's and that's what it is. And that's with the mess, it's with the fun, it's with the challenges, it's with the joy, it's with everything else. That's what family is. So the enemies can sit down for a minute. The rest of you stay at the table, and I'm going to hand over to you. So we're going to come around the communion table, and um, we've done it purposely a little bit more like Jesus did it. Um, Instead of us all having individual portions, we've made it a little bit more like Jesus had. One loaf. And um, I asked particularly that the loaf would represent more what Jesus had, which was the, the flat sort of bread, not you know not the big uh, loaf you get from your bakery today. Um, one of the reasons is that said Jesus said, "This is my body, broken for you." And there was the tearing of the, the veil. There was the ripping of his body. And um, this this does represent that what Jesus went through. There's the cup. We've, we've, we've um, got the juice, but we've got individual cups that we can pour. But it's more trying to show that it's, we, we're combined. You know, there's, um, we teach very strongly that our confession is important. What We have the things that we say. We, we are what, you know, Abraham was instructed by God to name himself Abraham before the promise. What we call ourselves. God calls those things that are not as though they are. That's very important. But there is a point I remember reading in the book of Revelation where Jesus said to one of the churches, he said, you say you're rich, but you're not. <laughs> Sometimes your words aren't expressing truth and they won't have any effect. You know, It says in the Bible, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And you know when the fool says there is no God, God doesn't disappear. Because oh no, I don't exist because you've said I don't exist. He's just a fool because he hasn't recognized what is real. So there is something, you just can't confess some things away. You can't say them. I, I say that because it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that some people were saying, because um, like the foot says, because I'm not a hand, because a hand's so cool, a hand can do so much. I'm just a foot. You know, look at me, I'm only a foot. I'm the, he says, because I'm not a hand. And I'm only a foot. It says, um, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I'm not part of the body. But it says, you know what? It's no less part of the body just by saying that. It doesn't become any less part of the body by saying, I'm not part of the body. There are people that say, I don't need the church. Well, you can say that, but you do. You, know what I mean? you can't confess the church away because you're needed. You're part of this. We need this fellowship. All right? And as much as Brooke might have felt during that tough time, I just need to be alone. And I don't need, yeah, I understand that. I understand the need to you know, get away from things. And, but you know what? 
if I made that my pursuit, it would not be healthy for me. Hallelujah. I need to be amongst the body so that my part, the foot, can join with the hand and we can be the body together. Um, so that, that's the table represents this understanding. We cannot, we cannot do away with each other and we can't feel unnecessary. Um, we, 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 as the body, we, we're actually instructed to make sure that the weaker parts, we actually recognize we need everybody. We have to actually make sure we, we do that. So we, we have made this table and our communion as a reminder, as a, as a, as a picture, the fact I need what's here and they need me to be stepping into this. It's important to be a part of what God's doing. Um, there's two things that we, we work on as a church that, like, call them needs, but they're, I don't know if there's a better word. You know, it's like God-designed things. Um, number one, if Josh can put this up. Yep. You need to be known. You, it, there's a, you know, when Adam was created, then he was, God says, I want you to look at all the animals and then realize you need someone like yourself. You need someone to be able to know you and be, and be connected with you. We need to be. We need to be where people know us, and um, we need to where they know who we really are. We need to know people are friends and love us for ourselves. Really know us, and yet they still love us. You know, there's a lot of people who are scared. What would happen if people found out what I'm really like? That's a heavy burden to carry. Do you know what I mean? Constantly having to put stuff there, always concerned. I can never show the real me because if I did, well, the body of Christ is designed to find the real you and still be there for you and walk you through. Not leave you there if it needs changing. Be there for you for the transformation and the help and the strength, but you need to know that. And secondly, we need to be needed. So it's a bit fun. We need to be needed. Um, we're designed to be needed. We're designed to have what we have connect with us. And that's what we, we seek to do through the and I so appreciate the way people bring their ability. So Chris, do you have any particular way you want us to lead us in around okay, this? Okay, a couple of things I'd like to do um, is David, I want you to come and sit here. <clears throat> because with everything that you and Jocelyn are walking through, we're family. Yeah. And I want you to come and sit at the table and realise that we're family. Kirsty, I want you to come and sit. I may just get Peter to move because are you okay? Maybe David could move up one and you, and you could and that okay because you're needing to okay sorry you're needing to see a breakthrough. I want everybody else to come and I'm going to ask maybe maybe Caitlin and Bronwyn would you be able to pour? We're going to pour these individually while people come. If you can have one down this end, um, it's a carafe, and we've got little. Everybody else, I want you to come and stand around. Okay, Heather, I want you to come and sit here. Your family with us. I want you to sit down. Now, even though there's not enough seats at the actual table. We're all going to stand around. Come and stand behind somebody. Now, Chris and Priya are no longer the enemy and neither is Sam. <laughs> neither is Sam or Mark, okay? They've been reinstated. They're back, back on our side. Come and stand around. And this is a communion service which I want to represent the very heart of God. And God's heart is family. And it says in, in the Bible that he puts the solitary in families. So it doesn't matter whether you live on your own or whether you live with 10 people. You have a family. God is the one who came up with family, not me. And I want us to, there's such a strength when you do things together. You know, there's a song that I was going to, I contemplated playing the DVD, but because I worked in Christian music in the 80s. Most of my throwback music will be, will be 80s Christian music. And recently they did a 80s Christian music reunion where a whole lot of the artists came together and did a big re reunion concert. 
And at the very end of it, and there was about a hundred of them on the stage, they all stood there and they all joined arms and they sang the song, um, We Will Stand. And it says, as long as we're together, we will stand. It said, no foe can stand, can come against us when we're walking side by side, because as long as we're together, we will stand. And you know, that's such a powerful thing, that whatever Dave and Jossie are going through, whatever Kirsty is facing, whatever Judith, Althea, Felicity, anybody here, anybody who's not even at the, at the table, and that, but anybody who's standing here, we're doing this together. We're doing life together. And Breakthrough will always be a family. Yeah. It will always be a family because God created families. Yeah. So I just want us to, I'm going to get our pastor to lead us in a very special, however, you, you do this. Yeah, okay. If everybody wants, maybe we can actually get, if, if everybody's got a communion glass, what I'm going to do is, Brooke, are you able to maybe pass the bread along and everybody just takes some, okay? I should have probably had two or three plates. I didn't realize. We can just pass it along, take it as a family, take it as individuals. Okay. Everybody just take some. And remember that we're a grazing platter. We're not an individual fine dining table. Judith has a very big piece. <laughs> okay, what about Josh? Come on, Josh, you can come down. We uh, don't need screens for a minute. Okay, Joe, you can come down too. Just leave it on automatic. Come on, Jay. Oh, Jay, we can't. We can go with that music just for a sec. <laughs> we'll all hum because he said. Okay, I want this to be a really significant, we're moving forward as a church together around God's table. We're moving forward together as family. Whether you have 10 in your family or 1, 10, 20, 15, I don't mind. We're doing family together. Father, we thank you that, Lord, the reason we are family is what we're holding in our hands, what this represents not just because we're a group of people that are gathered with a common purpose, but we've actually been brought into your family. You've paid the price for us. Your body has been torn. Your blood has been shed. To not just bring us into a family, but to cleanse us, to make us brand new. We are brand new creatures into the family. Lord, I thank you with that a regenerated spirit, a, new, a newness. You've put your Holy Spirit in us. Lord, you've made us clean. Lord, you've given us, uh, awakened our spirit to love you and to serve you and to obey you. And Father, through that experience now, we connect with all those around us that also are on that same journey now, pursuing you, following you, loving you. But we do it together. And we each help each other. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that, which, Lord, those here represents in the way you provide your strength. Lord, you provide your life and strength through others. Your healing, Lord, how many times has a healing word come through a friend? Lord, a brother, a minister of yours. I thank you, Father, that as we eat and drink, we not only celebrate what you've done for us, but you've placed us in a family that together we can see this come to its fullness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just before we start, sorry, are James and Amy and Ian able to come or are they... See, otherwise we'll take it out to them. I was looking, but I couldn't see anybody now. I see heads. See, if they, if they, are they able to come out here or is it easier to take it to them? We can do either. I 
think they're coming. Family wait, okay? Yeah. How many times have you been at a family table and you've had to wait for somebody? <laughs> Jay's putting up his hand. He's owning it. Sorry, I couldn't see any heads in there. I didn't know where you guys were. Come on, what the family's going to wait for you. Because you're family, okay? Yeah. <laughs> what is it, the, the Disney phrase that you don't leave anybody behind? I also encourage the online family at the start, yeah. before we um, started service, to get some yeah. juice and some... Have a seat if you need James there. Just move that hat. And um, some bread, yeah. so they could also yeah. be a part of what we're doing and not... So we have... She wanted to stay there, so you, she was welcome to come, but she was get preparing the grazing platter. So, okay. okay. Well, we're going to eat and drink together and then we're going to pray... Um, specifically about a couple of things God's put on our heart. But I want you to realise you've all come to the family table together. And that. And I just want you to look around and this represents the larger breakthrough community people who aren't here today. But we're here celebrating at the family table in Jesus' name. Thank you. And in true sense of family, one of the things I said is when you come to the family table, you fight together. Not fight each other, you fight together. And I'd like some of you to come and lay hands on Kirsty. And I want some of you to come and lay hands on David. What David and Josie are going through, they're not on their own, we're family. We are family doing this together. David, you don't need to shoulder the weight of this because you've got lots of shoulders here. And Kirsty. God is your healer, the same as is Jossie's healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray collectively in a minute. Hallelujah. 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 Felicity, can you just put your hand on Althea for me? Althea needs family at the moment. Just people to love. Anybody else who's here, that there may be something specific that you're going through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray generally that I'm going to get Mark to pray for David and Jocelyn. I'm going to get Caitlin to pray for Kirsty. But we're all together. Make sure you you've got your hand leaning on the shoulder of somebody else in the church because we're family. And, Lord, I thank you for this family. I thank you for this family table. I thank you, Lord God, that you created family. And, Lord, I pray that nobody will ever leave this place not feeling loved or wanted or part of a family. Lord, because you have bonded us together. And together we will stand. We will stand. No foe can stand against us when we're standing hand in hand, leaning on the promises of God. And Father, that's what we are doing today. So we celebrate family. Lord, I see every gifting in the room. Lord, not just the giftings which we see up front. Lord, the giftings of of the creative team that are visible every Sunday, but the giftings of everybody, Lord, in this room. And I thank you for them, Lord. And I thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for family. In Jesus' name, amen. In 
in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord. We believe in curse that Kirsty is healed. We thank you, Lord. We believe your word that you said when you went to the cross, you took our sickness. Lord, Lord, you took disease and you defeated it on that cross in the name of Jesus. So we believe that word and we believe Kirsty is healed in Jesus' name. We believe in you, God. So we expect to see that manifestation in her body. We expect her body to respond to the truth of her healing. Lord, we expect her need to come into alignment to the truth of the healing power that is work in her at work in her body in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, that we expect healing even before she has to go down the track of the medical procedures they're suggesting in the name of Jesus. Lord, they might go there and she goes, I'm just going to cancel that appointment. Or she might go there and they say, we can't even see anything here because we expect her need to come into alignment with the truth of God's word in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Lord, your word says when two or three come together and ask anything in your name, it will be done. Lord, you've given us all power and authority under heaven through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we just come against this sickness, this, this curse, Lord, and we say, be gone, be no more. We take authority over it. We cast it down. We say, never return again in Jesus' name. We have all power and authority through the name of Jesus. And we speak it in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that it is done now. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, I just felt to pray for one more thing while we're standing here as a family. I want to pray for our pastors, Peter, Pastor Peter and Christine, that our, our church is walking through a situation at the moment that we're going to see God's victory in. But we just want to pray and stand with them and say that they're not walking this alone, but a church family are coming by and standing with them together um, and that we're doing this as a family. So can I get, Mark, can I get you to pray again um, to just for, for our pastors? Thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the pastors that are ordained and anointed to be our breakthrough pastors, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that they, are, they walk in your anointing, that they teach, that they build us up and equip us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the mandate that's on them. And we just get behind them right now, Lord, and we lift them up to you, Father God. And we thank you, Lord, that we walk in victory, that they walk in victory. I thank you, Lord, that anything that can be named must bow to the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that we call in prosperity now. We, we call in all the needs. We, we call all our needs met in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the, the growth of this church, that this church is growing, Lord. The, it may not be growing in numbers right now, but it is growing in depth, Lord. Our roots are growing deep. Our hearts are growing, Lord. We're getting closer to you, Lord. We're abiding in you. We're learning to disciple one another in love. And we will see the numbers. The numbers are coming in Jesus' name. We declare it now. It is done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a couple more things quickly. Mark and Kirsty, if you're in a position, I'd like you to lay hands on Jasmine and Chris and Peter, maybe if you could go over. I saw in my spirit there is a new anointing coming upon you, a new anointing for family, but a new anointing for church family. God is wanting to use you. If your kids are near, if they can come and join. And we are declaring, hallelujah, we are declaring a new anointing. It is a new day. It is a new day in the Wong family. And you know what generational faith is because you have it. It has gone before you many generations. But what you are going to impart yourselves and then into your kids and into the next generation is going to be greater, 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 greater. Hallelujah. Peter, I'd like you to pray for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We just bless them, Lord, into an anointing, Lord, to bring life and family and wholeness. Father, something will quicken in their hearts. Something will break forth in their hearts, Lord. They will be, Lord, quickened, Lord, anointed to, Lord, minister and to bring people in that sense and that power of anointing, in Lord, of family, in Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Hallelujah. The one last one I want to do, and then we're going to go out for morning tea. I want to pray. Get some of you stand here with Chris and Pree. Can I get some of you guys to come around? The Lord showed me very similar. There is a new anointing coming upon both of you, and it's already evident. A new anointing in your leading, a new anointing in your worship, a new anointing in your sharing, a new anointing in everything you're doing. And we declare in Jesus' name, step into it with everything you have. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, well, please be blessed. Thank you for joining us at the family table. And please take all the analogies, everything we've shared, and take it back into your family tables, into your life, but most importantly, into your relationship with God and with the church. And remember, we have life group family tables. We have grow team family tables. There's many family tables that you can join and come and be family together. And I'll hand over to...